Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So that's the question. What happens to Deshaun Watson? At this very second, you can go to ESPN.com and take a look at an amazing story which chronicles everything from his salary to the best suitors to what the Texans can do to his no-trade clause bye to bye the value. Felicia. <laughs> it's, That's what happens, Zubin. It's going to be sooner rather than later, likely the case for Deshaun in Houston. So the next question is, where does he go? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Where does he have the best chance to win? All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We're also brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. We want to ask you... The audience, simply put, where can Deshaun Watson win a Super Bowl the quickest? Again, the no-trade clause, so he does have a measure of power there as well. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you're on Twitter, key J and Z, just hit us up. Quick, drop us a tweet. Simply put, where can Deshaun Watson win a Super Bowl the quickest? Let's get the fellas' thoughts on it. Line up the phone calls, line up the tweets, and we'll talk about it all morning long. It's going to be the NFL's biggest talker until the deal gets done. Jeremy Fowler said in our last segment, artificial deadline would be around April. Key, the best place Deshaun can win the Super Bowl the fastest is... I, I like San Francisco. Uh-huh. Give us the rationale. I, I like Kyle Shanahan. I like their defense. They're going to get Bosa back. Uh, we get everybody Javon back. Ken, Javon, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Javon Kinlaw is a young up-and-comer on the defensive side of the ball that they drafted out of South Carolina a year ago. Uh, they're going to retool the secondary and get, get a, a shutdown corner to potentially replace Richard Sherman. Um, the running game was there. You know what they want to do. And I just think that that Seattle is there. The Rams got to figure some stuff out. Arizona's going to be Arizona. They may win one more game than they did this year. But that's a good a good division to be in. And they won games despite having very few players. Instead of the 49ers, they were like the 1990s, right? They couldn't <laughs> – they, they had to figure out week to week who was going to play in games for them. Uh, so I look at San Francisco and they don't mind spending the money on a quarterback because it's going to be important, not this year on the 10.5 that they would take on, but the years to come, as you mentioned and Jeremy Fowler mentioned that there's going to be big money to be spent in 2022, 2023, and thereafter on Deshaun. They've already displayed the willingness to spend that money on Jimmy Garoppolo. So imagine what they would spend on Deshaun. Now, whether or not they have the capital to acquire him uh, in terms of draft picks or whatever else it may be, you go and you get that dude. You go get that dude. Jay, best spot to win the fastest for Watson. This is going to be a little bit biased. I would love to see him in a Bears uniform. I really would. I would love to see him – you know, be in Soldier's Field, you know, play on that team with the defense that is so 
disruptive. It's one of the main reasons. Why are you, why are you making that face, Key? Just hear me out for a second. I'm I, listening, but I, at, I know you're going, time, ah, at the same no. time I'm listening, I taste something bad. That's all. <laughs> now, look, I, I know Allen Robinson, uh, that's going to be an issue, whether they can retain him or not. Um, you can always franchise tag him, potentially. But I, I, and obviously, are there enough skill position players there? I'm not sure. But knowing how great that defense is and seeing how, granted, it was a backdoor win, they made the playoffs. Uh, they just feel like they're a quarterback away, whether that's Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. Like, you don't need any one of those guys anymore. Deshaun Watson can be that guy. He could attract big-time free agents to Chicago. Now, the, the only hiccup I have in Chicago is, you know, are you going to leave one scenario after coming from Bill O'Brien to not knowing who your next head coach is going to be with the Houston Texans to Matt Nagy as a head coach and Ryan Pace? Uh, that's something questionable because you, I would want there to be longevity and stability in my coaching staff instead of questions about them. But once again, I think with a talent like that, maybe that unlocks a guy like Matt Nagy, and that's a city that's desperately waiting for a superhero to arrive. Jason Williams. Yes. You like Deshaun Watson? I love Deshaun Watson. So why in the hell would you send him? Why to would Chicago I send him to Chicago? To I, Matt because I, because I love Chi Town and I know how close that I, I know how close they are, and I know I know. I, I, I mean, I look, Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco probably a better situation. Washington probably a better situation with Ron Rivera and that defense as well. I just know that Chicago is a QB away from potentially getting there. And granted, Green Bay is in that division, and I know that. He will be around for a long time, and Aaron Rodgers. But still, I feel like Deshaun Watson could unlock Chicago. That's do, do, look, Jay, it's cool. Chicago, you was, you know, you're a Chicago guy. You played for the Bulls. I get it. I prefaced it with there but, being bias there. But the dude with the headset? No, I'm trying to enhance his playing career, not derail his playing <laughs> career. I'm sending him to no damn Chicago. I would send him to Chicago with a different offensive mind and a different head coach. So let's see what the Bears do with the offensive play caller. If they bring in a guy who knows what the hell he's doing, then yes. If they brought in a guy that's on the streets that I have high respect for in Todd Haley, if they said we need that guy because he's coach quarterbacks and he knows offense, he's a little bit of a hothead, but that's okay, I'd say okay, yeah. Absolutely. But, but, but with Matt Nagy, I'm good, man. Also, Key, can I tell you something that's becoming a little bit more realistic? I'm sorry, Zubin. Like, yeah. I keep, you know, being a fan of the New York Giants and seeing how depleted the NFC East is, it has to make you look at the Washington football team differently right now. Yeah. I mean, that, it's, well, with I mean, that defense, with some of the young pieces that they have, I mean, that, that, that almost seems like, you know, who's going to really compete? Yeah. I mean, well, granted, Dallas and Dak Prescott eventually, but yeah. it's yeah. feasible. That, that's a good team, but I guess the, the, the real question was Zubin Super Bowl chances like next year. I don't know that Washington would have – I mean, they're young, they're still good, but I don't know that they're there yet for a Super Bowl. I don't know that they're there yet for a Super Bowl. San Francisco is there. I mean, they got a couple young receivers. They, they I think they could potentially be there – for a Super Bowl, right? I mean, outside of that, I mean, other teams, they got their guy, right? The Chargers, they, they're not cha- – tri- there's no need to move on from Herbert. Justin Herbert's there. They got a good team. Uh, 
You know, another another situation for me is the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The Raiders could be very, very uh. interesting with him. Could be very interesting with him. But yeah. I don't know if the Raiders, you know, I don't. These things you don't know. Right. John Gruden famously never satisfied with his quarterbacks. He likely would be satisfied with Watson. Let's get to a couple of callers. We put the call number out, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You responded, and we're going to get to you right now. Keep it coming all morning long. Can Deshaun Watson win a Super Bowl the quickest in what city? Willie is in Dallas, and he's on ESPN Radio. Let's try to rip through Willie and Jason in New York. Jason, hang tight. Willie up first. Best chance for Watson to win a Lombardi the quickest is where? Pittsburgh. Why? Hey, man, they ready. <laughs> hey, man, uh, no matter what you put him in that offense, man, with those guys, we got receivers that don't nobody know yet. <laughs> put him in Put him in Pittsburgh, man. Very interesting. We could turn those receivers that he says nobody knows about Willie yet into household names if you're catching passes from Deshaun Watson. Well, I think that Juju Smith is a free agent. He'll be gone. Uh, most likely, because if they wanted to get a deal done with him, they probably would have did it already. Uh, they don't have a running game, so I'm always zero suspect. running game. I'm always suspect on that one, and they just fired their offensive coordinator. So, and, and I know they're moving on. They they kept the guy internally from the quarterback coaching position to become their offensive coordinator. So. I like Mike Tomlin and I like Pittsburgh's situation. I just don't know that they are ready to win a Super Bowl because of the makeup of some of the pieces that they have on the offensive side of the ball. I know they got Chase Claypool, who's young, and Johnson, who's young. They potentially could lose Juju. Um, You know, I have to think about some of these other teams, though, because there's some other teams. Like I mentioned the Raiders out of nowhere. There's some Indianapolis I mean, there's some teams. Right. We should also mention, I just want to give Jason in New York a quick shout-out. I know he couldn't take his call, but he recommended a team like the Titans, another team that's kind of close, on the brink, has all the pieces, and obviously that would be within the divisions. That's a little shaky. Yeah, but, yeah. but they just paid Tannehill, and yes, I would move on from Tannehill to Deshaun Watson yesterday. But you, you're not going to cut him, and who's going to take him with that contract? Last word goes mm-hmm. to Dan Orlovsky. We give him so much guff. We're always joking when he comes on the show every Monday, but Orlovsky is in lockstep with Key. Tweeting into the show, SF, San Francisco, doubt they trade him to an AFC team. Give him new Houston GM, Jimmy G, obviously reuniting Casario with Garoppolo. They know each other from New England. Give him three number ones, and the Niners are already built to win now. So Key and Dan Orlovsky right there, step for step, saying well, Deshaun Key Watson. Key and Dio actually agreeing? That never happens. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, I, I never thought, and Dan made, brings up a, a great point, um, I never. I didn't think about the Nick relationship. Casario relationship with yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And that, but that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know that Jimmy, his contract. Well, I guess you could trade him because yeah, he's still under contract. Mm-hmm. Got a break, Zubin. Indeed. Evan's screaming at me. Casario's been there for almost twenty years. He was part of the prospect and the group that drafted Jimmy G. On the way, the Texans are looking for maybe a new franchise quarterback if they trade their franchise quarterback. The question now is. Do the Browns have their franchise signal caller? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and streaming on the ESPN app. Wednesday, we're counting down the days towards the NFL's Final Four, and we'll do it with a Hall of Famer, one of the great linebackers of all time, Mike Singletary, among my guests. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Amazing story, serious story coming out of the NBA regarding the health of Karis LeVert, the newest member of the Indiana Pacers. You might recall he spent four and a half years with the Brooklyn Nets. He was traded to Houston in the Harden deal and then went from Houston to Indy. And because of all of that movement, he was required to take a physical to make sure everything was on the up and up for all of the people. Turns out there was a mass on his kidney found only during the physical, waiting to see if it's cancerous, obviously hoping for the best. Here is Levert. Wow. I didn't have any symptoms. Obviously, as you all know, I was playing in games. I hadn't missed any games this season yet. I was feeling 100% healthy. So in a way, this, this trade definitely you know, showed and revealed, you know, what was going on in my body. So I'm definitely looking at it, you know, from that side and definitely humbled to know that this trade could have possibly, you know, saved me. Saved his life, Jay. Saved his life, maybe. It's such a a moving story. And Karis's approach to this whole thing about everything happens for a reason uh, only allows me to continue to believe in that. And he's dealt with a lot of adversity in his life. His mom has MS. He talks about that openly in the article Uh, about how challenging that was and how all these scenarios have prepared him to go through a process like this. And I mean, think about it. I mean, finding light in, uh, in the midst of a trade saves your life. It's uh, I know he still didn't find out whether that is cancerous or not yet. Uh, Our prayers are with him though. No doubt. Obviously hoping for the best. And this sounds so trivial, but I should mention from a basketball perspective, you know, he's expected to replace Oladipo. As you know, Jay, TJ Warren is out. Miles Turner fractured his right hand the other day. So they could really use him out there. But right now, first things first, hope his health is in the best of condition. We'll obviously keep you up to date on that. Keeping you up to date on Kyrie Irving is a daily assignment on the program. Kyrie is happy to be back, quote unquote, happy to be back, rejoining the Nets. He missed the last seven games tonight. The Nets are in Cleveland, back-to-back games against Cleveland, a city, of course, he knows Well, here is Kyrie with our Malika Andrews on the time he missed. Take a listen to this back and forth. Hi, Kyrie. I'm wondering if you were aware that you had violated the health and safety protocols and what that process was like for you in coming back and going through that investigation one. And then secondly, what your communication was like with the team while you were away. Happy to be back. Happy to be around these guys addressed the team, addressed everybody that needed to be addressed. Now it's time to move on. Bruce Beck. Health and safety front. 
I'm sorry, Malika, go ahead. I just was circling back on the health and safety front. Happy to be back. <laughs> Jay? <laughs> so, you know, he also he also said a lot more, though, Key. He, um, you know, he said things like, when things become overwhelming in life, you just got to take a step back and realize what's important. And I love to play. It's never been a question. I've committed myself when this wasn't even a big thing for me. He talks about mental health. Uh, he talks about some family challenges. And he also said that he addressed everybody on his team and his coaching staff. Yeah. Um, look, as long as he's addressed everybody yes. on the team Absolutely. and the GM and the owner, whatever happened, that's between them. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ancillary noise that comes around it. Um, but I also would like to remind people all the things, the great things that Kyrie Irving has done in the community. I, I'm not saying one makes up for the other, but there is a lot of good that Kyrie Irving brings. And at the end of the day, uh, his teammates and his, his, you know, the team owner and the GM, uh, they're going to have to manage that relationship. And we're going to be in, on the outside paying attention to whether it actually translates to the court. Look, it, it is, is, and I said this before and I'll say it again, addressing your team, in the ownership group, in the coaches. That's all I care about. I don't – you don't have to answer the questions at all if you choose to do so. I mean, I would like for you to sit up maybe and, you know, maybe not lean forward and act as though you're, you know, you're being bothered, but he is who he is, and, and you have to take it for what it is and, and roll with it. But as long as he addressed the team and the ownership group, like you said, and told them what the deal was – he owes nothing to the fans and nothing to the media. And at that's all. how I look at it. as Period. a teammate. I'm like, look, I, I don't care whatever you say to the media. I don't care if people want exactly. to criticize you, kill yeah. you, whatever it is. As long as you're performing on the court and you're riding with us, as long as you're here and you're present with us, we good. Because at the end of the day, it's about winning a championship, and that's what they're all there to do. Yeah. Team, addressing the team, winning a championship, talking to the coaches and the owners and not harming yourself. I'm good. You ain't never got to talk to the media as far as I'm concerned. I could care less, Zubin. And we should mention that at the end of the day, you know, Kyrie is a human just like everybody else, so you have to accept the total package. You take the yeah. good with the bad. Everybody has good days, bad days. Yes, he's an all-world baller, but he's also, as Jay said, somebody that's a humanitarian. He's somebody that wants to put forth better things civically, whether it's the George Floyd story some of you may have heard about the other day, or paying the salary of the WNBA players who generally are living paycheck to paycheck and giving them an opportunity to survive financially when there was no basketball. you got to take all of it in stride. But that's not sexy, right? Sports exactly. media wants the sexiness. The sexiness is leaning forward and mumbling one or two words so we could talk about it. They don't want to talk about the George Floyd stuff. That ain't everywhere posted all over sports centers and in in uh blogs and they, they, they I would argue not, with you. It's you, not you, sexy. You, you enough. really think that they swept that George Floyd story under the rug? It's not, it was it's on not, every it's mainstream not swe- publication. It's not case. Swept under the rug. It's not talked about. You may it blast was, it, but you're not having a conversation on a constant basis about the things that he does off the court that's important to him. You're more concerned with his mumbling and his one-word answers. That's the reality of it. That's why we're talking about it this morning, Zubin. No, it's part and parcel. It's part and parcel. The mainstream media puts it out there, and then it's basically upon the rest of the mainstream media to discuss it. So to say the mainstream media or big outlets aren't discussing that, it's everywhere. It's one conversation about so, it, then it's gone. Then it's gone. Then it's where have you been? What are you doing? Why is it this happening? Have you addressed your team? What did the owner say? That's the conversation now. 
How come only reason why we even having a conversation right now about the George Floyd situation in the buying of the house is because Jay brought it up. All I'm saying, Zubin, I think it's posted everywhere on yes. social media. Yes. But when it comes up as talking points exactly. on different shows, uh, I don't hear That's people saying, dig into the depths on scenarios like that. It's more so about how polarizing Kyrie is. And now is Kyrie a good teammate and that, how's his relationship with all, Kevin Durant? Like it becomes, that becomes more the Jay, narrative Jay, than what he's doing. In the Jay community. is explaining it very astutely. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'll just disagree. I'm just saying it's out there. Okay. You can't it, discuss it, it if it's not it, out there to begin it, with. It is out there. There's no question about it. It's out there, but it's not being talked about like many things in the world that we see on an everyday basis. It's out there, but you pick and you choose what is important to talk about in your mind. That is what mainstream media does. Let's not be, uh, let's not act as though it's being run. It's, 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 it, there's sit downs talking about it. Nobody has sat down, tried to sit down with him to talk about it. Nobody has sat down with George Floyd's family to talk about it every single day. Why is that though? Because it's not sexy. And it's not just because it's George Floyd, other things that he's doing. It's not sexy. I, I, I get it. I understand. It's not sports sexy. And that's okay. That's fine. It's not, it's not a right or a wrong. I'm just bringing up that they rather concentrate on where Kyrie was at and what he's doing. And, Key, I think, I think we have to be – and that's why I said when this whole thing first broke, I said, hey, look, I, I think I need a little bit more context. Now, I wasn't provided – with the context as far as what happened in Kyrie Irving's family. But I, I do want to make sure that we take a step back here and we think about what we have all gone through this past year and how everybody is affected differently. I'm not saying that excuses types of behavior where lack of communication to his team. Yes. But this has been a hell of a year, man. And everybody's dealing with this differently. And I will say this. I don't know about you, Key, but you know when we were on air, the first couple of weeks of our brand new show – and we're forced, we're not forced, we're, we felt a responsibility. I take that back. We, there was an responsibility because of the way you and I were raised in the color of our skin to well, discuss really major issues within our country, right? Major yes. issues. And I'm saying that, that weighs on you. I know it weighed on me to a degree. I, I, I don't know how that affected a guy like Kyrie Irving who has a platform and a, and a microphone in his face every single day. And there's this responsibility that we put upon athletes to say those things and to be the leaders for our society in a way, right? Uh, that's a hell of a responsibility. I don't know how it is to carry that weight in Kyrie Irving's position. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and he's probably, and you know Jay and Zubin, he's probably dealing with a lot of whatever it is that he's dealing with in his life. But, you know, I always find it funny having been a professional athlete myself and not only that, been somewhat of, I guess you can call a polarizing figure. When things come up, people wanted to talk about what was sexy, but not the things that really mattered. And I see the same thing for a lot of guys in this day and age. You almost got to force those things to be brought up and mentioned and had conversations. And you are correct 100%, Zubin, about it is out there. But my whole point is it's not being talked about. There's not a conversation around it on an ongoing basis. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay. I'm just saying you can't have one without the other. I get it. We should just mention, though, Kyrie did say to encapsulate what Key said, and obviously this is just a short statement, but, quote, he also said in his press conference yesterday, quote, had a lot of family and personal stuff going on, so just want to leave it at that. And I think at some point in all of our lives, we just want to leave it at that. You don't need to know. I don't need to know. And in this case, we don't need to know about Kyrie unless he wants to bring it to the surface. But he should be back tonight. Nets and the Cavs, and as Key Zubin. said, that's essentially what most people want to talk about, the hoops, not the other stuff. What do you got? I, just one last thing, caveat. I mean, he did pay off college tuition for nine HBCU students from Lincoln University. So there's, a, there's a, so many things that we, we don't talk about, but I agree with what you're saying. You can't have one with the other. The, the other. This is the world we live in. Yeah, no doubt how, about it. How and, many points does he go for tonight? And by the way, some of the onus is on us. We could talk about it. We never really talked about him paying the WNBA salaries. The HBCU yeah. thing that Jay just said, we could be talking but, about it. We have a unique angle that other shows don't. So some of the culpability is on us, I'll be honest with you. Well, exactly. I, I put us as part of the media, too. I well, thought you said me. you were not, never. Wait, the- you see, I'm <laughs> backtracking. Not me, not me. y'all. <laughs> I just do sports. I don't have the media part of it. He doesn't have a credential. Never has, never will. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Let's go to Sports Center. All right, big story in Major League Baseball. The Toronto Blue Jays, not known for giving out gigantic free agent contracts, have done just that. Eh, cheaters. With George Springer, who was a part of that particular scandal. Six-year, $150 million deal to sign with Toronto. Tough one here for golf fans. Tiger Woods is going to miss two events here because of another back surgery, a microdisectomy. And it's the two surgeries that he's had before and actually in some cases has been able to bounce back from. Remember, he had the microdisectomy, had a brilliant 18, 2018, won the Masters in 2019. But it's a shame because the two events he's missing are the Farmers Insurance Open, which he's won seven times at the legendary Torrey Pines, where he also won the U.S. Open in 2008 in legendary fashion. He's also going to miss the Genesis Invitational, and this one really hurts because it's the Tiger Woods Foundation Tournament. This is a tournament that he's been involved in here for the last four or five years, and it's tough, all those events in Southern California. Riviera. Yeah, Riviera Country Club, one of the best in the country. And the Atlanta Dream of the WNBA are close to being sold. You may recall they have been owned for at least partially for the last 10 or 11 years by the former U.S. Senator Kelly Leffler, who lost a runoff election on January 5th. She had been a pro-Trump supporter. Many of her players had been openly against her. The WNBA initially said they would not make Leffler sell the team under any pretense, but she has decided to sell. Five bidders are interested in purchasing the WNBA franchise. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Nature Valley. Part crunchy, part creamy, a bit sweet, and a bit salty. Nature Valley sweet and salty peanut bars are bursting with crunchy peanuts dipped in creamy nut butter coating and 100% delicious. Nature Valley, we are better outside. And it's a pleasure to be joined this morning on the Goodyear Hotline by Kimberly A. Martin. You see her all over the place covering the National Football League for ESPN, but she's got some new responsibilities to take on. It's called First Take, Her Take, and we're ready to go with it. So what's it all about and who is our partner in making this new endeavor happen? Let's bring in Kim on the Goodyear Hotline. Okay, so first thing is First Take, Her Take, blasting off today. Let us know about it. (laughs) <laughs> Good morning, guys. I figure if ESPN lets Keyshawn talk for a few hours, they should let me get my own spot, too. So um, we have first take, her take, myself, Chanae Gumake, who you hear on the radio, see on Sports Center all the time, and Charlie Arnold, 
who you see on first take hosting, um, you know, along with Molly Quirm, this is just going to be a spillover of first take. It's just going to be the three of us talking about the same things you guys and I would talk about when I'm on the radio. It's just a different format, uh, the same way you three chop it up about sports. We're going to be doing the same. Just from our perspective, you know, I'm a longtime journalist. Tanae, she killed on the basketball court. We all have different um, areas of expertise and different backgrounds, but sports are passion and are living. So it, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Hey, Kimberly A. Martin, girl. Hey. What's happening? <laughs> I can't with y'all, man. No, it's all good. <laughs> So you you're gonna launch this uh, pod? You launched it this podcast uh, in a very important day for women in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your reaction to what went on with the Mets firing a Jerry Porter after the allegations and things took place and reporting by great Mina Kimes as well as Jeff Passan? You know, two things. Uh, reading the story, I felt like as much as I have never had somebody, uh, you know, a player or an owner or a coach send me 62 text messages in a row. You read that story as a woman in sports and you felt like, yeah, you you can relate because you've been there in some form or fashion, some way, form or fashion. Um, I was surprised that the Mets did fire him so quickly because what we see in sports a lot of times is people say, owners say, Coaches say this is zero zero tolerance for this behavior or that behavior. And yet you see so many second chances given. Um, and not that I'm against, against second chances, but I think when you preach zero tolerance and you, and you tell it to your players and you tell it to your fans and the media and you don't act on it, I feel like those words become hollow. So mm-hmm. for the new owner, Steve Cohen, to come out and tweet, yeah, there's no place for that. This We will not stand for that. I thought that was an important... Uh, an important moment for the Mets franchise because even Mets fans were tweeting at me like, if this were the Wilpons, if this were anybody else, like I wonder how we would have handled it. And I'm really proud of my franchise to take this step, but it, it's to do this job. Um, the, the sad thing reading that story was the fact that there's so many times you don't want to say anything because people automatically look at you and question you and your motive. Like, why are you you know, making this up? Or why are you telling this? Situate, you know, why are you um, talking about this guy when it was his bad behavior that prompted all of this? You know, she had to deal with it and she's out of the business. I don't think a lot, a lot of the fans that I've seen on Twitter aren't realizing the effect, you know, the cause and effect. Like she's no longer in her position. It's not just he lost his job and that's unfair. Mm. You'll be freezing again this weekend in Green Bay. You're covering <laughs> the- <laughs> That's quite a segue. Yes, sir. What a transition. I, yeah. I will. You, you'll be uh, freezing in Green Bay because you're going to cover the Tampa Bay Green Bay game in Lambeau. Oh. Uh, hope you dress mm-hmm. warm. But with that being said, there's a lot of storylines swirling around the Green Bay matchup against Tampa Bay, whether it's Bruce Arians running his mouth about Aaron Rodgers or whether it's the <laughs> two oldie but goodies and Tom Brady's 14th uh, championship game what storyline are you looking forward to the most honestly it feels like Aaron Rodgers the Packers it feels like I don't want to this is such hyperbole but I'm gonna do it anyway it feels like a team like a special season like I don't want to say team of destiny or anything like that but it just feels like a special season the way Aaron Rodgers is playing and I was one of the big um uh criticizers of the franchise for not doing more to help him in the draft 
And so far, they've proven a lot of us wrong. I want to see if they are able to remain balanced. If when Devontae Adams doesn't go off for, a hundred, you know, 100 receiving yards or 150, whatever, that Lazard, Valdez-Scantling, other guys are, are still stepping up and remain confident and help this team get to the Super Bowl. Kim, if A.A. Ron wins a second Super Bowl, <laughs> what does this do to his legacy? I mean, think about the guys, honestly, think about the guys who have won two Super Bowls or more. Montana, like the names, Montana, Brady, uh, Staubach, um, Man- oh, the Mannings, you know, Troy Aikman, Bart Starr, like you put, and Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, like you put yourself in that category. Like that, there is a, there's a difference. I know everybody, you know, getting one Super Bowl is, is challenging enough and is a triumph in itself, but getting two that's a different rarefied air. And I think for Aaron Rodgers, he wants to be in that company. He's such a, all these guys are competitors, but for him, if he can get to that's, that's the mission. And, and I think he's, he could well be on his way. And what if uh, opposite end, what if Tom Brady makes a Super Bowl in his first year in Tampa Bay? I mean, what kind of narratives will we be talking about after that game? If that occurs, wouldn't that be so delicious? I mean, honestly, that puts the the narrative to bed about what were we talking about in the preseason like who's going to win in the divorce settlement is it going to be Brady is it going to be Belichick like who really was you know the genius behind it all um and so far obviously Brady has come out on top but for him he's still that six-round pick um that chip on his shoulder so him not winning a Super Bowl is still going to be crushing even though he has six Super Bowl rings already um, but it would be such a great story for him and, and the Tampa Bay franchise and Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich, that entire staff, how Arians put that staff together, how they went all in, put all the chips in the middle of the table and said, OK, we're going for it. That would be a good story, too. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us on <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin this morning. Let me ask you something, Kim, because you've been covering the NFL for a long time, a great journalist. All of the sort of things you've seen a lot of things go on in the NFL. There were seven vacancies this year for mm-hmm. NFL head coaching spots. Five of them have been filled, and none filled by blacks, not minorities, mm-hmm. blacks that look like me and you and Jay Will. Mm-hmm. Why right. do we continue to have to go through this year in and year out where nothing happens in terms of the head coaching hires? Why? I wish I had an answer for you. I really do. Because, you know, the sad thing to me is that you talk about the goalposts moving. The goalposts have been literally pulled up from the ground and taken off the field. Like, there's no way to score anymore. Um, Because it's after an offseason in which the league incentivizes, not just interviewing, but hiring uh, head coaches of color, black head coaches, um, personnel guys, and you still walk away with no head coaches um, who are black that are hired. And, and here's the distinction I just want to make quickly. Black people don't want to get a job because they're black, okay? Um, but you want the criteria to be the same. When you evaluate, when you look at a Zach Taylor, when you look at um, Dan Campbell or you look at a Brandon Staley and say, you know what, he may not have the experience as a play caller or a head coach or whatever, but I see something in him. Black coaches want you to look at an Eric Bieniemy and say, oh, does he not call all the plays? 
that's cool. I see the other things. I see a good head coach. And I think, if anything, Eric Bieniemy has a superior resume compared to the rest of the field. And for him not to get a, a head coaching job to this point, I think is a shame. But you just want the vetting process and the criteria that everybody is judged by to be fair. You make a great point. Lastly, I would tell you um, on the way out the door for another busy day of covering the NFL for you, Rod Graves, who is the director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, that's an organization that sort of tracks minority hiring in many sports. His quote on the situation, which we're going to dig into with Keyshawn here in just a little bit. Kim, I wanted you to hear this. Quote, the pipeline is as strong as it's ever been. The issue is not in the sufficiency of numbers. The problem is in the limited number of leadership opportunities given. The disparity in opportunities is mind-boggling. In other words, there are plenty of dudes that could do it. It's just that they're not being given the opportunity to do it. And it's something we'll obviously continue to monitor as well as the Fritz Pollard Alliance on the way. Really appreciate your perspective this morning, Kim. Thank you very much. All right, Kim, girl. Have a good day. (laughs) You too. First take, her take with Kim. And her partners is available to download now. And speaking of Kim, there's a ton of great podcasts on ESPN podcasts, including Adam Schefter, who's going to speak with another Kim, Kim Pagula, the co-owner of the Buffalo Bills. And you can get that on Shefty's podcast, as Key would call him right now. Kim's podcast available to download right now as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, Key digs into the real story, and we go inside a very interesting story on why Enemy hasn't been hired yet. Much more anecdotal then statistical. The numbers are five for seven, but there's a deeper meaning here, and we'll discuss it next. The hottest offensive coordinator that I can think of in a long time, and Eric Bieniemy. you elect not to communicate with him. There is seven openings this, this head coaching cycle. This no black coaches have filled any of those jobs. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This story, and that, of course, is... This is Big Pimpin', correct? I <laughs> yeah, told you. Zubin! See? 
Yes. <laughs> see? But you didn't see Zubin lean to the side and say, this is big pimping, right? Let me, let me right. lean. Was right. that a question or was that a statement, Zubin? Zubin like, this Get big out. pimping, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead and host this show, Zubin. Zubin's stupid. All right. I see you, Zubin. I'm back. Okay, Z. All right. <laughs> oh, God. Sometimes I'll surprise you guys. Sometimes I'll surprise you guys. Sadly, no surprise what's going on here in the NFL and the coaching hirings. Here in the last week or so, we've seen a 38-year-old white coach be hired. We've seen a coach that had no NFL coaching experience a half decade ago be hired. Arthur Smith for the Titans, Brandon Staley for the Chargers. We're still waiting for Eric Bieniemy, 51 years old, to get an opportunity. He's had as much success as the offensive coordinator, far more than his two predecessors, Matt Nagy, who was with Andy Reid, parlayed that into the Bears' job. Doug Peterson parlayed it into the Eagles' job and obviously parlayed into that a Super Bowl. So obviously those two distinctions, those two coaches moving in different directions. But if they did less than be enemy, why shouldn't Eric get the same opportunity? Jason Reed, who has been on our show before, a writer for The Undefeated, posted an amazing story about all of this with some great detail. He was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio and said, even though all we do is talk about the enemy, the situation is far greater than Eric, and it might be systemic. There are seven openings this, this head coaching cycle. No black coaches have filled any of those jobs. In the last four cycles, excuse me, in the previous three cycles, there were 20 openings. There were three head coaches of color hired, and only one was a black man. So, you know, I mean, it, it can't just be Eric Bieniemy if those are what the numbers are. And I, look, there's no guarantee that Eric Bieniemy is going to be a Super Bowl winning head coach. Sure. I mean, no one has a crystal ball. You don't know that. But that's not what the bar is. The bar isn't that if he's hired, he's got to be a, a, a coach who you know, wins multiple championships. The bar is, or at least the bar for white coaches is, he's done enough to prove that he deserves an opportunity. And that's what black coaches are not getting. Key. Mm. He, he He's right. Jason is right. There's no question about it. Uh, and Kimberly A. Martin, who was on with us a minute ago, is right. The goalpost was moving all the time. Uh, it it was picked up, and it's completely moved. There's not even a goalpost there anymore. And I, and I talk, you know, I got a ton of, obviously, producers here that work with me that are white, and we talk about it, and, and friends of mine that are white, we talk about it all the time to try to understand and wrap our heads around why is this why is this continuously happening all the time over and over and over again and you look at for instance for many years there was this offense of defensive coordinator so we accepted that right you got to be an offense or defensive coordinator because they want to see you run a unit mm-hmm. offense defense they need to see you run a unit you're in control of that unit okay there wasn't a lot of African-American offense and defensive coordinators that were running units. They were in title, meaning they have the title, not actually running a unit. So we're like, okay, we got past that. They moved that goalpost. And then for a couple of years, then you had Herm Edwards get hired. That wasn't a coordinator. He came to the Jets, did a good job. So I was like, okay, cool. Then all of a sudden there's a Mike Tomlin who gets hired after one year as a DC in Minnesota. You're like, okay, Cool. Mm-hmm. Then you you had a few here and there, right, that may have had a cup of coffee as a coordinating spot. Cool. Then all of a sudden you fast forward to last year, but this offense, a defensive coordinating, was the position. Then all of a sudden, 
special teams come and Joe Judge is hired. Well, you know, he's a special team coach. He coached under Belichick. He did this. He did that. I was like, wait a minute, man. Now you can be a special teams coach and get hired? Okay, whatever. Then you look to where Eric Bieniemy is and you say there's other coaches that are out there that have been in the same position, whether it's Matt Nagy, whether it's Doug Peterson. They didn't win any Super Bowls in Kansas City, but they were hired as head coaches and given an opportunity, like Jason Reed said, an opportunity. Now you look at Bieniemy's situation He's in a, a, a cycle where there are seven jobs available. Five have been filled thus far. Two could potentially still be filled. Doesn't mean that he won't be hired. And I understand that the way the league works, typically they will hire new coaches next week, win or lose in the championship games. Because there's probably three coaches that are there, I think maybe four that are in the championship games, Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy, Todd Bowles, and I believe Byron Leftwich, that may have opportunities to fill one of these two vacancies that's available. So it doesn't mean they're going to get shut out. But the noise have certainly cooled off for Eric Bieniemy, and we want to know why. Throwing Frazier with the Bills, the former Vikings Fra- Frazier, But Frazier with the Bills. But that just seems more like a – kick the tires type situation. It would be a second go around for him. Yep. Uh, Jay. Jay, I don't have too long here before yep. to go to break, but I want to say this. No, the you can owner, go as long the, as you want to go, Jay. The owners in the NFL don't care about diversity. Like, let's remember how the Rooney rule key even got established in the first place. The only reason the NFL capitulated and instituted the Rooney rule was because of the threat of them facing legal action was the threat of them facing legal action of litigation. That's why the Rooney rule was instituted. It, that should give you any insight to how far off we are here with the players that are representing the league as opposed to the coaches and the GMs that are managing the league. Much more on the Texans on the way. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Anscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.